0: It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Fox
3: Sports Radio, welcome inside The Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon. In for Dan and the Danettes today. Big win for the Eagles last night on TNF. Joining us now the hotline for all the big NFL news. NFL on Fox, insider extraordinaire. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jay Glazer. It is Jay Glazer. Jay's also got the Unbreakable, a mental health podcast, and big stuff this week. Catches up with Lane Johnson on the one-year anniversary of your big conversation with him on Fox, where he opened up about his mental health struggles. Way to keep fighting the good fight, Jay. How you doing, man?
5: I'm doing great, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was trying to Lane, man, for, you know, how much he's opened up. And, uh, you know, it was a year ago that Lane Johnson returned to the Eagles, right? And that interview that he and I did last year on Fox, it was the first time I talked about my depression and anxiety publicly and just opened up about it. And, um, you know, one of the things I write about in my book is finding teammates. Some teammates coming off. All- different fashions about people you could lean into. But it was pretty interesting because when Lane and I were doing our interview last year, I think I, you know, I told you guys, this. I wrote this in the book, that I have, I have had uh, a panic attack or anxiety attack uh, every single week, uh, at least once a week since 2005. But every time I would go on TV, the first segment, I'm having a, a full-blown panic attack. And I call it wrestling with my abuser. And, like, you never know where you're going to get help from when you talk about it. When Lane and I were doing that interview, and this didn't make the the piece, but he said to me, you know, one of the things I've really done, and here's a big old burly man, right? For people out there who who are listening to this, Lane Johnson says one of the things that's really helped me is journaling. I started journaling. And Lane's anxiety was so bad, he was throwing up blood before every game. Every game. And he admitted that on camera. And he said, once I started journaling, it really started helping me out. And then, you know, We started talking back and forth. I've learned breath work and meditation and trying not to let the roommates in my head talk so badly. But when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. I just, you know, when I wrote the book, I guess that was a form of journaling for me. And as a result of that, like this whole year, me just talking about it like this and and that form of journaling for me, I've only had two panic attacks this year before uh, a show or during a show or while I was on the air. When in the past, it was every single week. So, yeah, this week on the podcast, he and I kind of get into, you know, a lot more of how his life has been since opening up from that first time when we, we did it on Fox. But it was cool. He said, like, guys he goes against, like Micah Parsons and, you know, different players out there have just, like, come up to him on the field, like thanking him for opening up. So anybody out there who's afraid to open up, here's the baddest dudes on the planet saying that, man, we're opening up to each other. He opened up and people are coming over to him on the field even guys he goes against thanking him for opening up about his anxiety, his depression, his gray. So, you know, the more we can open up to each other. And, and I've told you guys, the more I've opened up to people about my issues and my mental health struggles, it's gotten me closer to every one of my people that I've opened up to about it. No one's called me a wuss. No one's told me to just suck it up or no one said, Oh, come on, Jay, your life is great. Some people have said to me, well, your life is great. How do you, how, how do you suffer from this? And I, tell people my life is great, but between my ears sucks and I I didn't ask for it. This is how I was born and you know, thank God I I can now talk about it freely and I don't have to suffer in silence anymore. And Lane is a good teammate to have and just crazy where you you know, you never think the two of us be able to cry to each other about this, but we do.
6: No, all those huge conversations you're having, so much important work, Unbreakable, the podcast, Jay's book, a bestseller. Uh, we're proud to call him a friend, the the relationship yep. huge. And think about it, I mean, the, the thing I've always gone to, Jay, is, you know, it, it's easy to act on radio and TV at times for four yep. hours or immerse yourself in a game. But uh, there's a lot of quiet time with those voices in your head. Oh, Trust yeah. me, I know them. I know him well, no. Smith. Where it looks over and well, he taps me on the head all the time to make sure I'm in. So I feel we, know, you. we
5: all know Whether and listen, let, the reason why I'm talking about it is because I want to give a voice to mental health. I don't want to just like who gives it words. We talk about mental health, but so right. who really gives it words, right? And and whether you have my level, my level is clinical, right? So I'm diagnosed with depression, anxiety, ADD. Let's throw some bipolar in. You know, it's it's everything. You guys. Just no one ever knew because I put on this character on TV mm-hmm. of the Glades for all these years. But we all got something. You know, social media makes us all think our lives suck, right? We're comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second of one day, and we're going, how come my meal doesn't look like that? How come I'm not at that party? Why am I not that successful? We all feel left out. The most successful people in the world are feeling left out. It's just, man, it's not real. Or on Twitter, we see so much hate So we're all going through something. We just came through a pandemic, too when we were forced to isolate. So every one of us has something, and the more I could talk about it, the more I could – I believe that we're in the majority. Like you just talked about it. I talked about it. I think we're in the majority. The more we can talk about it, the more people won't feel ashamed thinking that they're in the minority anymore and, and that there's something wrong with them. Because there's not something wrong with them. I, and I don't refer to what I have as mental illness. and I don't think anybody else should. I think it should just be referred to as things we've overcome. And what you overcome makes you stronger. So, yeah, please, if you got time, listen to the podcast it's called Unbreakable a Mental Health Podcast with Jay Glazer. Or, you know, wrote a book, Unbreakable, um, about using your depression and anxiety to motivate you and, and to use it as a weapon in life.
3: Information on that, of course, on Jay's Twitter page as well, at jay glazer all right now you mentioned the eagles you talked about lane johnson they win last night uh you were really high on them in training camp when you remember doing, yeah. doing your big run you talked about it. you say hey yeah. watch out for the eagles
5: yeah and the reason why is because i think the first year they all kind of looked at nick Sariani going huh this guy really know what he's doing <laughs> this guy really a cut like it, she have been hired huh so when i went to training camp this year i'm like man this team is so bought in like, he proved himself last year, so now it's, okay, there's no more improvement. If he gets on somebody, all right, coach, you got it. Right? They believe in him. And last year, like, throughout the entire year, they were really trying to figure him out. And, you know, I'm very plugged into that locker room. And they didn't dislike him. They just weren't sure about him. Right? They didn't know anything about him. And, man, he's, he's you know, there was a big unknown. Well, there was no unknown going into this year with him. So I thought everybody, because they bought in. Plus, the job Howie Roseman's done to compile that, like, that, that, that offensive line is ridiculous. And the people that have to, their offensive line is so deep. They've got, like, first and second round picks that they have to deactivate each week as healthy scratches. They're so deep. And when you can win in the trenches like that, you're going to be a tough team. But, you know, you know they got a quarterback who, you know, at times last year they were looking to upgrade from. But the dude works his butt off, and everybody sees it, and he's constantly working and constantly working. And, he, like, even this offseason, like, accuracy was an issue for him. And it's so hard to go and try to get more accurate. Like, usually you're accurate or you're not, you know, for, for the most part. And he, like, went back and just redid mechanics. Like, he has no ego. Like, somebody tells him, look, you're struggling here. He doesn't take offense to it. He works his butt off it and tries to change it. So, I'm yeah,
6: they're bought in now on them, and I'm very bought in on them. All right, so they go to 8-0, Houston on the other side. They weren't able to get a deal done for Brandon Cooks, but we saw a very active week, many that you predicted with us the prior Thursday on Fox Sports Radio on our evening show, Jay. Which one was the most surprising, rewarding, uh, with the biggest impact? And, obviously, Christian McCaffrey running amok was a, a nice start.
5: Well, first of all, let me let me go back to Brandon Cooks deal. Okay, they're asking for like a two and a four with a guy with an eighteen million dollar contract. Yeah, that don't make any sense, right? No one's going to take on that contract plus give up a two and a four like for a guy with you know he's had injury history. It, it doesn't make any sense. So if you want to kind of do something there, you got to either you know help rework the contract or but still a two and a four is just way too much for you know, for a guy with a salary like that. So it'll be interesting what what happens now to see what if they almost do like Odell last year when Odell just said, Okay, I'll cut my contract all the way down and then you can release me or something along those lines, but obviously that doesn't look like it's gonna be a, a fit anymore. Um but as far as the other ones, um you know, Roquan Smith's a story we broke here on you know the day before mm-hmm. Um, I think with, with him and Patrick Queen now, they're going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, but Certainly what the Dolphins did. I mean, they're, Dolphins are, are looking like, all right, our offense, you know, we already got a strong offense. They started loading up there. They think that they're going to be able to contend. And the thing is, they're not just trying to contend, like, for, you know, the big picture. they got to contend to their division. And that Buffalo Bills team is a, that's a tough, tough team. And, you know, even the Bills upgraded. They were trying to swing away for a running back, and they got one as well um, in Hines. So, I, you know, I, I do love what the Dolphins did, though. I think that they – man, I, I love that they're going for it.
3: He's on Twitter at Jay Glazer, NFL on Fox Sunday. And don't forget Unbreakable, a mental health podcast, Lane Johnson, the one-year anniversary of his big interview with Jay on Fox. Jay, as always, buddy, thanks for taking time, man. Great stuff. Have fun this weekend.
5: He said, hey, and anybody else out there listening, I just talked about on national radio, me having depression, anxiety, bipolar, ADD, all that. Y'all could open up to other people. People will not scoff at you. They're waiting. They're waiting to be of service to you. And who knows, if you open up to somebody else, you might be of service to them because they may be waiting to open up to somebody. And you allow them to not suffer in silence anymore.
3: The Great best stuff as always, Jay. You're the best, buddy. We'll talk to you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jay. Be good. You know, and, and it's something because we, you know, look, Jay's been on our show for years with us now, yep. you, know, you know, you know, I mean, we, we go back the,
6: a long, long way. Yeah.
3: We're the three knuckleheads, right? That's you right. know, the, the three of us. And and it's, it's really something to hear him just be so open about it. It's okay to talk. You know, he talks about his battle with the gray all the time and, 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 you know, hearing the, you know what he does and everything going on with NFL players and 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 former troops and 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 in the military that he does it's just a great great thing and the unbreakable podcast is fantastic if you could take a listen to it please uh get a chance to do it it will help it, as as jay says it helps him it helps the people he talks to and and i i'm pretty sure it will help you as well
6: yeah wide ranging all walks of life but uh like he says sometimes you have the character and it doesn't need to be someone who's employed in entertainment like us or in sports at a high profile where you bury some of that stuff to all the folks in in your life as well. So uh, important work he's doing. And obviously you guys and your Eagles continue to march on.
3: My Eagles,
6: I told you, hey, before the
3: season, I told you they're going to the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. I I told you about that. I'm going to keep saying it because I was right. I hate you. I'm going to be right about it.
7: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock Act. It's, you can't debate it. I would try it. No, least. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void work prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: We look back at what was
3: an incredibly tense game five of the World Series. Houston beats the Phillies 3-2. to two. Is the World Series over? Joining us now on the hotline, MLB Network insider extraordinaire, Fox Sports Radio insider John Paul Morosi. JP, what's happening, man?
8: Doing great. It's been a highly entertaining World Series. I cannot wait to see what awaits us in Houston for Game 6 and possibly Game 7. But my goodness, these last three games in Philadelphia have given us plenty to discuss.
3: You know, and I know you're big on the, the Chaz McCormick catch in the ninth inning when he goes up on the wall and he braces himself to go make that play. Uh, it, it, you are looking at it, is that one of the great catches in World Series history? Like, should we be looking at this like, hey, this is something that, that, that could just tilt it forever in the Astros' favor?
8: I, I think so. And, and, and to me, when that ball left the bat, I love what Chaz McCormick said to Ken Rosenthal on the Fox broadcast, which was, he thought it was out. He thought it was out, and A-Rod made the point as well that perhaps if if that ball had been hit the previous two nights, it would have been out, but for the different weather that we had last night in Philadelphia. So just an extraordinary catch, a great read, obviously uh, made all the more poignant by the reality that Chaz McCormick grew up in the state of Pennsylvania As a Phillies fan, uh, a crucial point, and Harry Reynolds mentioned this too, about how he was able to brace himself with his left arm and reach with his right. So him being a a right-handed catcher and left-handed thrower was actually really advantageous because of the mechanics of that catch. So we can look at that catch from any number of angles, the anecdote of him being a Pennsylvania native, the mechanics of how the catch came to be, the weather circumstances. All of those reasons contribute to an all-time World Series moment, and if the Astros happen to win this World Series and close it out at home, I do think that McCormick catch is going to be somewhere on the on the memory wall of the front cover of the media guide for the Astros next season.
6: Flashing some leather, if you look at the uh, Fielding Bible Awards, uh, and you take everything with a grain of salt, uh, right field saved 14 runs for the Astros on the year. They were fifth overall or I should say tied for fourth in Major League Baseball overall uh, for d- defensive run saves. So flashing some leather. But I want to go back to the second inning, JP. We got ourselves a 1-1 game, two outs, and then all of a sudden the bases are loaded and a pressure-packed moment for the World Series history of Justin Verlander. And he comes up with the big strikeout of Hoskins that ends that threat when it looked like that game was going to turn on a dime.
8: You're right, Mike. I think in many ways the, the crucial moment of the game happened in the second inning because uh, they're at that point in time one base hit away from potentially getting Verlander out of the game. Uh, the, the, there was bullpen activity early in the ball game with Ryan Stanek there, and I think Dusty Baker knew that this was an urgent must game. Game five with the series tied, every single hairpin turn in that game, could mean the World Series, and that was, to me, one of the more pivotal moments in Justin Verlander's entire career. He was able to command the slider well enough to get that swing and miss at Strike 3, and from that point on, he seemed to settle into the game. Uh, his stuff, I thought, ticked up a little bit after that. The command was much better. He had better feel, I thought, after that. And certainly he relied on the slider in a huge way. And, and no, more, uh, no more importantly than in that moment. So I thought Verlander managed his own emotions, managed his stuff. He went to work with whatever he had on the day, which I think is, is to the credit of a 39-year-old pitcher who maybe doesn't have the firepower he once did, but his ability to control his emotions and manage a game is perhaps better than ever right now.
3: JP, with the Astros up 3-2, going home, it's hard for me to envision a scenario in which the Phillies win the World Series. So if we see the Astros win this weekend, how do you think it's going to be received by fans, by baseball in general, that we see the Astros on top of the world with the cheating scandal still at the top of everyone's mind?
8: Well, it's a fair question Uh, for me and from from my perspective of being around the game and and having covered a lot of postseason games in Houston. uh, I covered postseason games there uh, during 2017, so I I was around the ballpark during that particular season. And then certainly in the years since, I believe that in my opinion that the Astros should not have to answer questions at this point about 2017, that was five years ago, there was an investigation, there were protocols put in place, safeguards to guard against science stealing or any sort of subterfuge. And so this championship, if they should win it, is legitimate and certainly making it to the World Series last year was legitimate, making it to Game 7 of the ALCS the previous year was legitimate. Uh, I understand that there is an asterisk around 2017 for very legitimate reasons, and I I share in in the belief that, that that championship is tainted to a degree. And yet they've made the ALCS, Jason, six straight years. And uh, certainly a majority of them have happened since 2017. At some point, you've got to credit what they have done. Their player development, the ability to uh, bid adieu to free agents like Springer and Correa and replace them with McCormick and Pena, to sign Christian Javier for $10,000 out of the Dominican Republic and then watch him start a no-hitter in the World Series, only the second one, Ever, These are not things that have any relationship whatsoever to what transpired in 2017. And so I understand it. Altuve gets booed. Bregman gets booed. Gurriel gets booed. Uh, but, but that is now uh, only three players in the everyday roster who were part of that World Series and a couple in the rotation. And that's really it. Uh, that's a long time ago. And, and I do think that at some point it's important to move on. And that's my own opinion. If, if fans differ in that view, that's their prerogative. But, but I, I think it would be a little, a little tiresome and a little uh, mildly annoying from my perspective if, if there's a whole lot of yeah, but commentary should the Astros prevail here. This is a, an above-board, fairly, fairly contested World Series between two great teams. And for me, 2017 is its history. It's, it's important history. We understand what happened then, but it is history.
6: Uh, Anger and vitriol is what we do in our sports, JP. Come on. I I appreciate your positivity, but come on. Fans are going to be mad no matter what. Uh, But for Dusty Baker, over, what, 4,000 career managing games uh, in in his long, illustrious history, talked about representation, right? We don't have an African-American player represented here in the World Series. What does this mean for him? in the largesse of his career, going back to those days where he was a toothpick slinging player to where he is now?
8: Well, he is one of the great people that I've met in baseball. I think a lot of people would, would agree with that statement in, in their own experiences with Dusty. Uh, he has a way of, first of all, I think he's tactically managed these playoffs exceptionally well. Uh, they've lost two ball games in the last month. And uh, that does not happen unless you have a manager who is dialed in, understands his personnel. Puts them in situations to succeed. Tactically, he's been brilliant. I think he's used his bullpen exceptionally well. Um, again, a, a manager who is able to have a bullpen combined with a starting pitcher to win a no hitter in the postseason, then win another tight game last night on the road with Ryan Presley going five outs. And so you, you go from that, the granular of what he's done so well, to the big picture. He is someone who has been a survivor. He has survived cancer. He has served our, our country in, in the armed forces. He has taken five different teams to the postseason, something that no one in the history of baseball has ever done. He, yes, won a World Series as, as a player, but this is something where he, he clearly wants this as a capstone on his managerial career. He now has a chance to play and manage a clinching game, a potential clincher, for the first time since 2002. Remember, he had two chances to win it back then with the Giants against the Angels. He went 0-2 back then, 20 years ago, uh, but this is a different time a different team he he took that job at a time when many others did not want it uh, when it was viewed as a no-win situation after the the, the science stealing scandal came about following the the nineteen season and and he has to me brought this team together in a way that no other manager could with his own blend of grace and humor and belief and competitiveness. Um, And plus, as I've said before, uh, how many other managers before Game 1 of the World Series would say that they got a text from Snoop Dogg? He's just—he's the greatest. There's only one Dusty Baker. And uh, the way that he's always represented it and been aware of of what he represents for African-American managers and people in the game overall, uh, he's just a treasure for American sports. And I know a lot of people around the country are going to be rooting for him this weekend.
3: He's on Twitter, at John Morosi. That is at John Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports Radio, Baseball Insider. JP, as always, buddy, thank you very much. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon.
8: My friends, have a wonderful weekend. What a great time in American sports. I cannot wait. Game six of the World Series tomorrow night. Thanks, as always, for the conversation, guys. Really appreciate it.
3: You got it. There goes JP. Now, let's just play this out here, Mike, because yeah. this weekend I'd love to think that, hey, we're going to get to seven games, the Phillies can win, but some teams can go home and not win the World Series when they have two chances. The Astros are not that team. They're not a team that's going to go home and lose two Yeah, games. but it's so-
6: better theater and better for folks that, well, don't quite have the glass half full optimism of JP when it comes to baseball and its recent history.
3: Yeah, look, of, of course it is. Of course it is. But, we're, but more than likely – we're going to be faced with the image and the reality of the Astros winning the world series. And as you said, look, yeah, it's, it's nice to think that it's going to go away. And, and, and that's a storyline that happened, but, because Rob Manfred went so light on the Astros it's never going to go away. The Astros are going to be cheaters even we're going to be doing stories in a few years the last of the Astros who was in the cheating scandal has retired from major league baseball. The Astros are still going to have that stigma. So what's going to happen when the Astros win? The reaction for fans I, I if I'm if I'm looking ahead and I think I know baseball fans right now the the Opinion of the Astros is at a boil, right? The the water is at a boil of the Astros, the cheating scandal. They're still winning. It's still the same infield. It's still the same players. It's fresh in everybody's mind. And and here are the Astros ready to win the World Series, and nobody wants them to win. It's a big boil. When the Astros win, it's going to cut down to a simmer. It's never going to go away, but it's not going to be as top of mind as it was because – We've had the anger of the Astros winning and everybody has their opinion and you're going to watch the Astros win. It's going to be, okay, I've accepted they won and I'm still mad, but it's not going to be the front burner story that it was. It's going to be kind of low a little bit and who knows what might come up in the future and everything else that goes along with it. But this is going to, we can't just, you can't stay at this level forever when, when it comes. You can't, you can't water can't boil forever. So this story can't boil forever. Eventually it's going to get down to a simmer and lose and winning this world World Series in an odd way is going to have those fans, and fans like you and me and everybody else accept it. That okay, they're still a great team. They won. What can I do about it? And we'll, and I'll move on to other things. So that so that hatred of the Astros, while it's still going to be, it's still going to be there. It's going to be at a much lower level than it was.
6: No, and that's the, that's the point, right? And, and I think JP's right. You have to at some point uh, commemorate, celebrate, and, and try a, you know trumpet the organizational um stability and their ability to push players through the minor leagues bring the next man up some of those great stories of low signing bonuses and the minor league systems and everything look we we meet anything with a, a degree of skepticism i think it's healthy right in general not just our our sporting world because we have to do that put our thinking caps on and not blindly accept you know what we what we're watching, right? We want to ask questions because we certainly have had them in this series, right? The Valdez, what the hell was on his arm? Uh, The why did Albert Pujols' bat make an appearance? And then larger, why is Albert Pujols' bat grandfather and allowed if you made the bat type illegal across Major League Baseball? Those are questions that still need to be answered. But we, we do have to accept that on the field they're still getting it done. I I cited the defensive stats. We talk about pitching out of jams, all of those things uh are real and in the moment and the bullpen management has been great and Dusty Baker's been fantastic. I know a cu- lot of Cub fans are still salty uh, about things from 20 years back. That's the beauty of the long institutional memory of the game, Jason. Doesn't go away. Why, you know, there's still people that get all lathered up when you think of the PED era and you really only single out like four guys. But when we think about the PED era and all of that, that, you know, baseball does that and that fan fandom doesn't die. Uh, and let's face it, they're lucky that six and seven come out a huge college football weekend and the big NFL slate for week nine, because no matter what happens, no matter what transpires, it gets muted in, in somewhat in that way.
3: Yeah, but still, I mean, you you would expect this to be a World Series where where are the ratings going to be? In terms of ratings, are pretty good. People want to see the Astros, right? They, and it's like they're like well, hate they're, watching
6: is a real thing. Yeah, We've talked about well, that a long time on our yeah,
3: show. Yeah, like you're like you're watching the Yankees. I want to see them win. I want to see them lose. But that overall interest level is still there, and it's it's going to be on oh, the Astros winning the World Series. And sure, if they win on a weekend night where there's where there's NFL or there's college football. Yeah, okay, it, it's going to be muted a little bit, but it's still going to be the Astros winning the World. It's not going to go away. It's no, not like you're no, be no, no. But it's, it, but it's know, there. So, but oh, it, I don't pay attention anymore. There was football going on. No, no World Series happened. La 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 la. But I think mean, about, about it. By happen. time
6: we get back on air, mon- Monday night, you and I, World Series could be over for forty eight hours. So you you put a bow on it. Not that you dismiss it, but is that going to be the be all to end all? no we're gonna be talking about the barn burner of the Ravens and Saints are you kidding me Monday 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 night football all right I'm with you on that I'm with but it's still not gonna change no it's no no it, look, it goes into
3: the, the history parade. Bunch. Yeah, yeah there's gonna be a parade there's gonna be Altuve and Bregman saying oh we did it we did it our way we did it it's it's did, still gonna
6: happen did you see the, the video from <laughs> uh not, not game five, but from, from game four when Altuve was running around like he'd figured something out and he wanted to run up and tell the try to do a Bryce Harper and then yeah, the next yeah. two batters struck out. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't quite figure that one out, did you, Jose? <laughs> you know, we, we got to work on that system a little bit more. We got to make sure we
3: got that. Hey, man, you got, that. it's all theory testing. I love it. Yeah. Do you mean I could just tell somebody something and they, okay, well, maybe we'll do that next time. Maybe it will be a little less complicated.
7: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
2: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast Inside the Parker
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
7: You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All terrain if you're going on and off road adventuring. Go to tirerack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin. I suggest the easy to use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. See their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires... And a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be
4: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Happy Friday. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan the Danettes today. This family takes turns turning heads, brains, beauty, athleticism. All they need now is for you to drive them off the lot. The Mercedes-Benz family of SUVs, a family of unrivaled vehicles waiting at your local dealer. Well, we'll have more NFL coming up in a few minutes. We get back into the Eagles' big win last night over the Texans. But how about some Week 9 NFL bold predictions, Mike Harmon? Getting ready for a big Week 9. I got three juicy ones ready to
6: hit you with. Three you ready? juicy, bold predictions. All right, let's get it on. First one,
3: after a week off, after dealing with a lot of controversy, losing on Thursday night football, getting divorced on Friday – Tampa Bay has their best game yet. Brady goes for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Rams. This is a team that needed a a 10-day week off more than any other team. Brady dealing with personal issues that, of course, has bled over into him this year onto the field. The Bucs have been looking for some kind of answers. Sometimes you just need some time away to clear your head. We've seen this before with the Bucs. When they've hit some kind of buy; they've been able to reset and figure it out. I really expect that from Tampa Bay this week because this, this honestly is Tampa Bay's season because if it, I know we have the extra game and it's nice, well, there's a little bit more leeway because we have the extra game. We have 17 games instead of 16 now, but you're talking about falling to three and six, and how many more games can you lose after that right and we're at the halfway point of the season. Can't have that happen. This is their season. The Rams are struggling as well. I expect a big big week from Tom Brady and the Bucks, and we, we start the our Tom Brady and the Bucks back narrative on Monday.
6: Yeah, I mean, one of the big things is trying to figure out what that run game is all about. Fournette barely falling forward. Does Rashad White see more? Look, for Fournette, because he's been so, so uh, efficient as a receiver, when we get into our bridge to fantasy, he's still a top 10 running back, but I want to bridge these two games together. Okay, so if Tampa takes care of the Rams, and with a lot of questions there, even at questions of McVay and, and his long-term planning, right? We talked with Jay Glazer last hour. Uh, McVeigh was a, a guest on his mental health podcast, kind of talking about the grind and, and what it takes out of him and whatever. And there's been some speculation even before this season that he would go uh, pause in the Fox world. So I tie that to Atlanta hosting the Chargers. Chargers banged up. No Mike Williams. Keenan Allen uh, don't know when we're going to see him. So you've got secondary receiving options. You added Austin Eckler to the injury list with an abdominal injury yesterday. Chargers lose, Rams lose. It's now the Sean Payton fest. Let's go. <laughs> Why is my phone getting
3: all these phone calls from area code three one zero? Just let just let it go to voicemail. Yeah. No, I look. I've been, char- it, right?
6: I've been talking about it for the Chargers for quite a while. So, but I mean it. this this would really if Atlanta <laughs> wins this game it's it does send up the flares of all right for Ju, for justin herbert who's been playing banged up right the rib injury there's been a lot of uncomfortable looking throws i don't think he's anywhere near to being right offensive line struggled run game at times has disappeared and now you've got all these injuries defense you paid a lot of money uh, and it hasn't shown on the field you go and lose in atlanta well, now we're starting to look at the, the larger scale. And it ain't because of fourth down situations, uh, as many would, would like to think. Your, your prediction for Tampa, fully anticipate their best effort of the season. And with Cooper Cup ailing, who are you going to find? Who are you going to find if you're Matt, Matt Stafford? What, because Cam Akers came back to work, that's solving things? No chance. No way. All right, here's the next
3: one to sink your teeth into. Let's go. The Lions beat the Packers. And it is absolute doom and gloom for Green Bay, right? Now, the Lions, this is a team that can score points, right? They Sometimes. know they can score. And the Packers have this general sense of of fans and the media that, well, eventually Aaron Rodgers are going to figure it out, right? The whole relax, they'll figure it out, figure it out. No, like Steve Kerr said, no one's riding to our rescue. We have to figure this out with the Warriors who are slumping. The Packers are the same way. The Packers aren't just going to start winning because they've always figured it out. Their slow starts have turned into fast finishes, and here they are deep in the playoffs. And the big question is, why did they falter in the NFC Championship game? It ends and runs end for all teams. How is this Packers team suddenly going to just get better, right? Just go back. This is a natural decline of a team that, hey, we were at the top of the NFC for a couple of years, and what happens is you come back to the pack, right? You had a wasted 2020 first-round pick in Jordan Love. That could have been a big-time weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Could have been something else. You traded up to get him, and now it's a waste.
6: Well, but you kept thinking that your guy was was talking about retirement time and time again. So you were trying to find your succession plan. So anybody that goes hindsight on that one, I raised my hand going, hold on. Everybody got mad in 2017 when he got hurt, and all of a sudden Brent Hundley's out there looking like he's a JUCO quarterback. Yeah, no. Well, th- no, like I said,
3: no, things are things are different because like I said, it's a natural progression. You miss on a draft pick, right? You thought Aaron Rodgers was going to something was going to happen. You draft Jordan Love, you wanted to push Aaron Rodgers out. Rodgers wins two MVPs and now you're stuck, right? But it's still it's a first round draft pick that was lost. It happens. You went defense in the last two drafts really heavy early, and while your past defense is really good, your run defense is abysmal. You're in the bottom 4 of the NFL, and that's not going to get any better either you didn't go out and get weapons for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers wanted $50 million a year. So, okay, it means no Devontae Adams. Fine. It means you're making it work with a bunch of guys. Okay. And as we see, he's not making it work. He's throwing his teammates under the bus. Guys are making mistakes. We shouldn't be having this. This is not one of those, hey, we all have a meeting, we sing kumbaya, and suddenly we go out of the field and everything is great. Uh, this is not a good year for the Packers. They are in a season of, of change and what's going to happen here on out. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers really just completely biff the rest of the way. If we don't start talking about Aaron Rodgers getting traded sometime in the offseason, I got to go someplace else. No, I tried it. It's not working. We're going to rebuild. Uh, you don't have the money because you gave it to me, but now I have a contract. Maybe this is where I'm going. I want to go someplace else. We could finally get that Aaron Rodgers trade because of how this season might go. But to just think they're going to win because they're the Packers, that's not going to happen. They've been struggling way too much. They have too many holes on their team. And so, yeah, oh, they're playing the Lions. They should win. No, the Packers are going to lose to the Lions. And then it's going to be, wait, we're 3-6, and six and now what happens? And now what kind of interview is Aaron Rodgers going to give And What's he going to say? Is he going to take responsibility? Is he going to talk about other players? What's going to happen from here on out? The Packers. Hackers are in big-time trouble, and it's not going to get any better.
6: No, I appreciate you. You dialed up a little bit. Time for a cool change. I know that it's time for a cool change. Getting a little river band kind of mix the area in on a Friday morning, leaving no pop culture stone unturned. Uh, look, it is still the Lions. They traded away T.J. Hawkinson, who was their leading receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown back on the field last week. Seven catches on 10 targets for 69 yards. Okay, still not 100%. And DeAndre Swift can't stay on the field. And I just got to notice that Taylor Swift added more. That's one thing I do have really in, in common with our guy Dan Patrick. Is we are both Swifties, so we need to see a, a show together. Uh, but DeAndre the, the Swift, Taylor here Swift anybody
3: I, named Swift? Okay, I got it, got it right there. Well, we no,
6: I, I'm down. I was down on DeAndre Swift. I thought he was over drafted because I didn't think he'd be able to stay healthy, and that they had Jamal Williams around. That said. Uh, Throw miles swift Stro miles no, swift Nicely, uh, that's a nice, that? that's a nice okay. throwback there. Jonathan no
3: Swift? All right, is that Jonathan Swift? Okay, all right, very good. Okay. Well, you I'm want a,
6: to get into our literature while we're at no, it, too? I'm,
3: no, I'm just out. Now, now I'm out of Swifts. I'm, I'm, I'm completely
6: out of Swifts. See, now all you're doing is trying to extend <laughs> so I don't rebut everything you just said. Because I know you got to go home to Detroit for all these holiday, holiday, holidays. So you're just trying to be nice <laughs> to the Lions people. But they're going to run the football effectively, Green Bay. Romeo Dobbs made some big plays. I, the the bye can't come soon enough, but I think uh, they take care of business here against the Lions, and Dan Campbell is done.
7: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
3: Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Happy Friday. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan and the Danettes today. And late last night, we had a couple of big-time NBA stories drop. Steve Kerr says changes are coming to the Warriors after they lose to the Magic 130-129. to 129. And Kyrie Irving put out an apology An apology for the social media post he had last week about a book and movie on Amazon uh, that feature anti-Semitic tropes, including that the Holocaust didn't really happen. Kyrie was asked about this on Monday at a press conference. He was very standoffish about it, uh, did not apologize, was asked about it again on Thursday, and a lot more of the same. He was asked straight out, are you anti-Semitic? And he said, I can't be anti-Semitic if I know where I came from. So the answer, are you anti-Semitic? He couldn't even say no to. The Nets then decided it was time to suspend him as he was, quote, currently unfit to be associated with the team. Well, late Mm. last night, Kyrie put out an apology on social media. Here's a little bit of it. He said, while doing research, I posted a documentary that contained some false anti-Semitic statements, narratives, and language that were untrue and offensive to the Jewish race slash religion, and I take full accountability and responsibility for my actions. I am grateful to have a big platform to share knowledge, and I want to move forward by having an open dialogue to learn more and grow from this. He goes on to apologize to Jewish families, communities, uh, say he did not have any intention to disrespect any Jewish cultural history regarding the Holocaust or perpetuate any hate. So now that he's done this, what happens next? Joining us now on the hotline, Fox Sports 1 uh, NBA insider extraordinaire, Rick Bucher. Rick, what's happening, man? Happy Friday.
2: Happy Friday. I wish we could talk more basketball than all these other things that are being inspired by basketball players, by, but, but, but such is life. Just but wait, the Nick, the
3: Knicks will win five or ten in a row coming up soon, and we can do that. It's okay.
2: It'll wow. happen. Wow. It'll yeah. Happen. Like when, when can we get back to talking about Cam Reddish? That's all I want.
3: There we go. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, now, so now that this happened, Rick, what's your takeaway of, of what you've seen over the course of the past few hours culminating with, with Kyrie's apology last night?
2: Well, I'm sure that the the apology, uh, maybe not the way it was written, but certainly the apology was part of the remedial steps that Adam Silver is demanding happen and that the Nets are demanding happen in order for Kyrie Irving to continue his career uh, in the NBA. Uh, Kyrie uh, just has difficulty ever admitting that he's wrong. Um, he has tried every which way to talk around That he's, and this is just the latest instance that that he's made a mistake. And he's, honestly, I I think what's so confusing at this point has just boiled over to the point where the Nets and the NBA are done trying to dance around him is that he's a walking contradiction. He talks about being an enlightened uh, enlightened person, and yet uh, clearly, doesn't do deep enough research to know exactly where he's coming from and what he's talking about. He talks about spirituality and then, um, and then does things like this, which is uh, divisive uh, and says he's being dehumanized by a reporter as he is dehumanizing the reporter at the very same time. Um even his play on the court, quite honestly he's he is a tremendously talented player and uh but he's a soloist he's a, He talks about the brotherhood and what his team is going to do, and yet when he plays, it is very much um very much a solo act um he does not see the big picture when it comes to when he's playing and hes and he's i mean again one of the most talented players in the league without question. And I think that's what's so consternating for the league is that he is so talented and he is so visible. And yet he's so careless with his, uh, with his platform that at this point, the nets and the NBA in general have just had to say, look, we, we can live without you because for all of your talent, This has just become way too divisive for us and for uh, the people that support the NBA.
6: And Rick, after those different press conferences leading to the suspension and ultimately the statement that Jason read part of last night, not Kevin Durant's chimed in as of shoot around this morning. This was posted uh, almost uh, an hour ago uh, from New York Post, Brian Lewis, Kevin Durant, quote, I'm not here to judge somebody or talk down on the life or how they've Feel their views. I just didn't like anything that went on. I felt like it was all unnecessary. I felt like we could have kept playing basketball and kept quiet as an organization. Hashtag Nets.
2: Well, if you want a comparison of why some teams win and some teams, despite their talent, lose, this is Exhibit A. Compare how the Warriors. Uh, handled Andrew Wiggins' reluctance, resistance to getting vaccinated, Uh, uh, how Steph Curry spoke, how Draymond Green spoke. They found a way to support Andrew Wiggins and at the same time make it very clear where they stood and what needed to happen. And to this day, Andrew Wiggins will express reluctance about getting vaccinated. And yet he did. And they went on to win a championship it 's just a matter of you, you if you want to stand there and say, "Hey, I, you know that really I, I, that bothers me, but uh, you know it 's really not my place to say or do anything when you are part of a team and you are as great a player as Kevin Durant is that 's not an option that, that box doesn't exist on the uh, uh, on the choice because uh, not if you want to win, not if, not if you proclaim that, uh, that you want to play winning basketball and want to be part of a winning team. It just it does not work. There are, there are elements that come along with the job when you are as great as Kevin Durant is and when you aspire to do the things that Kevin Durant does that are necessary. And I'm okay, I'm completely okay with Kevin Durant saying, yeah, I, I really don't. I don't want to lead. I don't want to hold my my teammates accountable. Um, fine, but don't tell me you're a champion. Don't tell me you're trying to do everything you can to win because that comes with the job.
3: You know, and, and that's the thing when, when you get into this this entire story about the Nets. Rick Buecher with us here, uh, Dan Patrick Show, is that when I look at Kyrie and the Nets are going to spend the next few days deciding what to do. Is I've got to look at it and say, you know. Kyrie doesn't make basketball a priority. So how can we go forward with Mm -hmm. him? He's not made basketball a priority for the better part of two years. He's found a way to be away from the team. He's found a way to, hey, I want to get involved in this knuckleheaded controversy, which what are you doing? And if he loved basketball and really made it his priority, he wouldn't be doing things like this, taking away from trying to win a championship. So I don't know how you go forward with Kyrie Irving on the team.
2: Yeah, and I don't know that they, honestly, I don't know that they can, but at this point, he's so toxic. Can you make a deal? The Lakers were genuinely interested in making a deal for him last summer. Uh, I was getting indications as late as yesterday morning that they were still interested in trying to make something happen and saw this as actually an opportunity to get Kyrie. So... But I I don't I don't know where things stand this morning because they've become so toxic. But at this point, the Nets, uh, this this iteration of the Nets is not going anywhere. Too much has happened. And the strange thing is, is that that, you know, my understanding is, is that Kyrie's people got together with him at the beginning of the year and said, hey, you're about to be a free agent. People have really forgotten what 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 a great basketball player you are. Let's make it. Let's make this year about that. Let's not have any distractions. Let's not let our social media posts. I don't know if they said that directly that way, but it was basically let's get back to to playing basketball and put all the other stuff aside so that okay, there's a market for you when you hit free agency, and that apparently did uh, fell on on. On deaf ears, I will also say, I have not been overly impressed by the way that Joe Tsai has handled all of this he's been rather erratic in his decisions too. One minute he 's supporting Steve Nash the next minute they go two and five, and he is uh, and and he's being fired so that 's where Uh, uh, It takes a lot of people to create a mess like this, and it it appears that uh, quite a few people have pitched in.
6: Rick, I'm going to get to basketball in a second, but just to tag it, uh, when we talk about the Nets and how they've reacted to all of this stuff, we talk about the league taking nearly a week to issue a statement don't use Kyrie's name in it, and then all the people that are normally up in arms about anything in terms of uh, human behavior and how we look at other uh, our fellow men men and women have been uh, curiously silent during this mm-hmm. entire episode
2: well i think you know i think one of the things that we've become we've become numb at this point to all of this stuff and there's a there's a, a feeling like okay let the news cycle turn 24 hours and see if it's still around or is it just going to go away and how much do we have to address it we know it's wrong everybody knows it wrong do we need to st- that fact or does everybody get it that what Kyrie has said or whatever the case may whatever the issue may be like do we have to react uh and and I believe that's why you saw the delay in part because it was can and some of it is is trying to work behind the scenes trying to resolve things and not have to go out there and make statements because in or take action because in some ways making statements and taking action only breathes more oxygen into whatever, whatever the issue is. And, and this is the kind of issue that, like, there's no, you would think, you would hope that Kyrie or anybody else would look at this and say, well, this, this is just wrong. And, and understand that, that it wouldn't ha it wouldn't take punishment. It wouldn't take a statement. Uh and, Uh, To that end, I mean, we have all these – we have NBA players who were very quick to talk about Robert Robert Sarver Sarver, um, and Donald Sterling and take stands. It's been really quiet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, the NBPA put out a statement. They didn't put out a statement and name Tyree specifically. It was a vague statement, uh, a generality. But we've had – no players, LeBron, Chris Paul, any of the guys that generally step up and say, you know what, we can't have this in, a le- in, this, in this league. This is not acceptable. And it really undercuts uh, me, uh, for me, their credibility in talking about anybody else. Because if, you, if you're not willing to keep your own house in order, I don't want to hear you talking about somebody else's house.
3: Rick Bucher with us here, at Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Dan Patrick. All right, two basketball we get. Now the other big story that dropped late last night. Steve Kerr says changes are coming to the Warriors after they lose to the Magic 130 to 129. He says no one's riding to our rescue, but there's going to be changes in rotations, changes in playing time. It's been a disappointing start. Is this salvageable or do you see issues with the Warriors that
2: may not be solvable? It depends on, on what you're trying to solve. Uh, are you trying to create another championship team? I, that, that's, that's going to be a steep hill. Uh, can they be immensely better and can they compete for a title? Uh, I think they can get there, but let's make no mistake. They lost a lot of key pieces. Every, the timing last year was perfect in terms of when they got healthy and everybody else was suffering injuries. It was a uh, very much a charmed run last year. It wasn't as, and I live in the Bay Area, so I hear all this time. To- I've heard this over and over again, and disagreed with it. Like we've got the new iteration of a dynasty. Uh, so far, that I've what I've seen from Steve is that it has been a extended preseason, and he's been trying to ramp up the young guys. He's been trying to give Jonathan Kaminga, probably Jonathan Kaminga less so, Moses Moody and, and James Wiseman in particular, as many minutes as he possibly could to bring them along because he needs those young guys to develop if they are going to be uh, championship contenders again. And they simply haven't, they haven't come along. And so if he's making changes, I mean, I believe the last time I checked, he was playing a dozen players at least 10 minutes a game. Uh, that's a very, very, very deep rotation. And so don't imagine he would tighten that up. Uh, guys are going to have to go back to earning their minutes. And, uh, and then the other issue is, is where, where is Clay Thompson? Uh, I think everybody expected that Clay after last year, was going to take another step forward. Um, he has not. And – uh, he's been up and down, and so they are, uh, and the one last thing is, is you know, when they made their run last year, it was coming off of essentially two years of, of, of rest and revenge building. Like, <laughs> their engines, their tanks were full, and their engines were revving to try to get back to where they were. Well, they climbed that mountain and played later than anybody else, and now they don't have that advantage of... We're coming off of two-year's rest with all of, our, with, with all of our key players. And so is it, is it, can it be improved? Absolutely it can be improved. They're still an immensely talented team. Are they going to dominate um, as, the, as the way you would expect a defending champion would? This is a very much a different team, and the way they won that championship last year was very unique and not necessarily relatable to where they are this year.
3: He's on Twitter, at Rick Buecher. That is at Rick Buecher. Check out the On The Ball podcast with Rick as well. Rick, as always, buddy, appreciate your time with us, man. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you.
2: You do the same.
3: Thanks. Appreciate you, Rick. All right. Now, And that's the thing about the Warriors, Mike, is that with more time that goes between now and the championship, because I know you're a little bit more bullish on their chances than I am, because, look, like I said, dynasties end, and it ends quickly. Oh, sure. And, and sure, it sure. ends that way. I, I I think we're going to look back and say, boy, the Warriors squeezed out that last championship. That They, they got one more with that core before they got too old or, or they had too much difficulty replacing the supplementary parts from a year ago. Because th- this is not anything that is really solvable. Like Because you look at the issues there. They're having problems on defense. Okay, well, that's great. They're having a problem with young players not playing well. Okay, well, that, I mean, that's not something that suddenly you can just flip a switch and say, okay, now we're good. 100%. Right? The, 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 the starting five have been really good but they can't play 38 minutes No, a but game. but that's the they point, right?
6: Is is that we are so early into the season and and not winning uh a road game to this point. I, I don't think that's been done. I thought I read somewhere since the uh 56 57 Philadelphia Warriors Uh, that that's the first time that's happened. See, history all over the place. That goes back to Don Larson. See how it all ties together? The rich tapestry that you and I weave here uh, when we hit the airwaves. But we look at the, the Western Conference, and there's a lot of teams we like. But how much do you love a lot of those teams, right? We talk about Memphis, Phoenix, regular season, great. Six and one, winners of five straight. But second seed right now, Portland, third seed, Utah, anybody, anybody, The Spurs are in the five hole if the playoffs were today. And that's why I always have the, let's let's hold up and remember it's an 82-game slog, right? Everybody's... Right, Lakers are two in a row, and they're they're uh, they're rolling on tonight. Matt they got Ryan they saved got the season. They've Matt got those Ryan, Utah buddy. Jazz later on tonight. <laughs> and right now, I'm working uh, Dan Wojcie to join me later on tonight to say what's happening with these Lakers. But you look at the Lakers, you look at the Clippers and load management, everything else. The point being, it is a long, long road. Uh, we'll have some movement in terms of players, but also. Uh, things will normalize a bit. So I, I expect them to be better. Are they going to be great? It eh, remains to be seen.
3: Ah, just give the ball to Matt Ryan. It's all le- He needs 25 shots a game. Lakers will be just fine. Just keep giving it to him. Give-
6: I wasn't making needs- it about the Lakers. You? No, I, I got a line.
3: You ready for this? Yeah. Matt Ryan needs to take 28 threes a game.
6: Oh, and then really he'll like ice that, right? up that arm. See, yeah. Matty Ice. See what 28 we
3: threes a game. See, 28 threes.
0: With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
7: Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more, mbusa.com slash EQ.